Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's hour number two of the program on a beautiful sunny morning here in Pittsburgh. Joel Nelson is behind the glass taking your calls and he's running the ones and twos. Call 412-928-9370. That's the number to put you on the air. It's also the Fan Text Line, which is brought to you by Edgar Snyder & Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Fan Twitter is brought to you by South Hills Kia in Peters Township. Visit them, southhillskia.com. And our show, as you know, brought to you by the good people of PNC Bank. Make today the day. Check out their virtual wallet. It makes your finances so easy to navigate. Number one, Cochrane. Shop 24-7 with Expressway at Cochrane.com. You can ride in style. So many locations all throughout the Western Pennsylvania area. Also, Shenderovich, Shenderovich and Fishman, where they got your back, not your wallet. Ireland Contracting. It's the home of the nightly sports call right here on 93.7 The Fan, as well as KDK Plus on TV. And Iron Rock Tap House in Greensburg. Come see what everyone is talking about at Iron Rock Tap House. In the meantime, we're talking about a lot of things. I started this program talking about Jake Gensel and what you would do with him. Um, he has no contract at the end of this year. He could be a free agent. You can sign him. You can trade him. What option would you like? We'll also get into the Steelers. Arthur Smith is the offensive coordinator. Uh, Clint Kubiak, by the way, ended up with New Orleans, the San Francisco pass game coordinator, signs as the offensive coordinator down there. That was a guy I was kind of zeroing in on and then found out early in the proceeding that they weren't. So uh, Arthur Smith is their man. We'll talk more about him. And also uh, what's going on with the NHL uh, with regard to the Olympics. Are you a fan of Olympic hockey using NHL players? All those on the table right now. Let's go to Guy in California as our first caller here on our number two of the program. Hey, Guy. Hey, Bob. You certainly are one of the hardest working guys in Pittsburgh sports. <laughs> well, I'm hey, having fun with it, but I appreciate that comment. Thanks. <laughs> listen, you know, before you talk about Gensel, you got to deal with the long-term. You got to talk about the goals of the Penguins, both the short-term goals and the long-term goals. I'll be quick here. As far as the short-term goals, um, obviously it's, it's going to be the playoffs. And, and remember, most teams in the NHL have played 49 to 50 games already, and the Pens have only played 46, which is the fewest in the Eastern Conference. And it's second only to the Oilers who played 45, and they're on that 16-game tear, which, remember, February 6th, I think it'll be the only time where the nation roots for the uh, Vegas Golden the Vegas Knights. Gold <laughs> that'll be 17, yeah. right? Yep, that'll be 17. And that ties That's the Penguins, Penguins if they record. get it, right? Back in 90, yeah. what, 91, 92? 92, 93. 92, 93, okay. Can't remember right. that far and back. Then, but, but the Penguins, if they're going to make the playoffs, they shouldn't be losing to an injured Vegas team. 
and they can't be creating blooper material like they did against the uh, the, the Arizona, the coyotes. And then as far as long-term goes, when you think of Gensel, Gensel you got to think about uh, both he and Crosby could be a good anchor for the next, a good anchor bridge for the next six years as the team transitions. And I think a lot of the your, your people, are, people are calling and saying, well, I get draft picks. Remember, NHL draft picks are more of a crapshoot than the NFL. And I don't know if people remember back in the 80s, you know, 82 to the 88 season when there was no playoff uh, appearance for the Penguins, or more recently the, the 2001 four-year drought. And, you know, if, if you're we're about the same age, going down to the Civic Arena in the 80s when they were only drawing seven or 8,000 mm-hmm. and maybe 10,000 on a good night when a big team would come in town, you know, like the Oilers. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, number one, your point about the games in hand matters. They have a lot of games in hand, but they got to make good on those. They can't afford to, have, you know, throw them away like they did. You mentioned the Arizona game. That was one of the worst games of the year, considering who they were playing, and it's almost as if they didn't have an interest in playing and having those automatic two points, which I consider that to be because I'm, I'm, you know, Arizona's capable if you give them, but if, if you play the way you're supposed to, you shouldn't lose that game. Um, but you're right, draft picks, unless you're in a, uh, you know, you have a once-in-a-generation type player in your top five, and the Penguins are not going to get that for Jake Ensel, in my opinion. So if you do make a trade, it's going to have to be for current players and prospects already in an organization who you got to read of. And I don't know how many of those actually are, are people that can help right now, and probably none. So that's a tough situation. I do agree they should sign him, and he would be part of, um, the foundation for the next three years at least. You said six, Guy, but you know I don't know how long you expect Sidney Crosby to play at this level. If you say six, you're talking about him being into his 40s. And mother, you know, father time, mother nature, both. <laughs> they don't lose. But, he, but you know, you see, as you as you mentioned earlier in the show, you know, you see athletes now playing into their 40s. You do. Tom Brady. And he's going to be one of those guys who can do it because he's committed to it. He always is. But my point is, will this sort of uh, performance that we're seeing from him this year, which is heart trophy, you know, conversation. Will that continue five years from now? Well, you certainly, you certainly don't need him to play at this. I mean, it's hard to imagine anyone playing at this high of a level and into his early forties, but uh, you know, the, certainly the athletes are different today. You re, and I remember when the sports guys back in the eighties were smoking in the locker rooms, for goodness sake. Oh, we're smoking yeah. after games, right <laughs> before games, right. having beers afterwards. And I, that's something that I don't understand why people can't have a beer after a game, but that's just me. They want to do away with it. And yet every <laughs> team is sponsored by a beer. So it's like gambling. You know, they used to forbid you from even talking about Vegas and now everybody's going to Vegas. There's all these teams are, you know, transplanting their franchises over there and there's betting all the time. And it's just crazy. So anyway, guy, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. But I think it's a good take on Jake Gensel. Let's go out to Carl in Monroeville. Hey, Carl, thanks for waiting. What's up? Uh, no problem, Bob. Good to talk to you. Hey, I'm with you at, uh, at restaurants. Love taking the leftovers home and having another meal uh, the next day, man. At, uh... Yeah, because, you know, Carl, don't you feel like you're really gorging if you find yourself, you're full, but you keep, the problem with Absolutely. me is is the pre-dinner food. I eat too much of it, and I got to stop. Uh, I'm with you. Yep. Yeah, and then you feel terrible, especially if you have other things to do, if it's uh, at lunch or whatever, or we do dinner, we eat about 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, so trying to keep the weight off as well. You know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, hey, I want to talk uh, briefly about Steelers' defense. You know, it seems all the uh, 
the talk as, uh, as I guess it should be and, and so forth with new, new offensive coordinator and so forth. But how, what grade would you give the Steeler defense for this past season overall? Overall, probably a C, only because I expected more in terms of bigger plays. They got some of them. You remember the Alex Highsmith, the forced fumble, he and TJ combined. I wanted more of that. I specifically wanted more from Minka Fitzpatrick, and I know he was injured, but he seemed not to have the kind of year that I I thought I was expecting from him. So, you know, they were good at times, certainly good enough to win more games than they, they lost, but the offense was a big problem more so than the defense. But still, from my expectations-wise, probably a C, C+. Plus. Uh, I, I would agree. And, and uh, moving forward – with the upcoming draft and so forth, it would, it would seem the defensive line, um, uh, maybe a, another a, a good quality cornerback. Um, but what, what do you think the, the needs are on defense? And do you think there should have been a coaching change on defense? Or um, Well, Mike Tomlin is kind of the orchestrator of the defense, so I didn't expect right. anything to be changed there. As far as what I would do, Arthur Smith wants a very physical pound offensive line. So I would expect their first pick to be an offensive lineman or second for sure, or two of the top three. I also know they're heavily looking at wide receivers down there in uh, Mobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are a lot of good wide receivers in this this group here. So can they use another one? Sure they can. They also have to worry about, I think this is Deion Johnson, is it his last year of a contract? I I can't remember if it is or isn't, but eventually – uh, you know, they're going to need some younger guys because aside from him and um, George Pickens, really, they don't know how much. Austin was okay, but they need more. So mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if they do that. But I think offensive line will be a targeted area for sure. And I think they will also draw, draft later some sort of quarterback just to have on their roster somebody they think they can develop. Right. Huh. All right. Okay. appreciate it, Bob. Food Thanks. for thought for you, Carl. So you can take that as your takeout box for today, and we'll talk about it tomorrow and the next day and the next day, I'm sure, all the way until they play a game eight months from now. Let's go to Bill, who's on the road and now on the fan. Hey, Bill. Hi, Bob. Nice to talk to you. You too. Hey, I, um, I listen to the radio all the time. I haven't called in quite a while. But I think a lot of people aren't looking at the Steelers as a whole this year. I thought they had a good draft last year. They brought in some nice free agents. And I think the front office did a great job. And I, I'm hoping that they're going to do the same type of job this year that they did to fill some of the holes. But if it was me, I would sign Mason Rudolph because he played like Kenny Pickett played in the preseason. And those games that he played in were do or die. And the guy really performed. You know, everyone says Russell Williams, says Tannehill. Well, there's reasons teams are letting them guys go. And I never felt that uh, Mason Rudolph ever really got a fair shot. And he went in there, and if without him, they don't make the playoffs. And, oh, I don't think know, there's any question. Never- Those are, And that's why, to me, I would agree with your take here, Bill, in that you know he performed at, at a high level on some of their biggest games. They were all must-win games after they fell – uh, into that three-game losing streak, which kind of put them in a bad situation at 7-7. Seven and seven. They won three in a row. And honestly, they played as the game went on in Buffalo. I thought they got better with that game. So uh, there's and a lot to be said for why he should – go ahead. He's playing without defensive player of the year as far as I'm concerned. You have Watt in there. You might win that game. 
Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, you might, it, but they it, still couldn't get on twenty-one nothing down. You know, and that's just a terrible start. Right. Um, but but, but I will say that he put up. He certainly made money for himself. And the question is, how much money? Uh, the Steelers have an opportunity to deal with him exclusively until free agency begins. And if he doesn't like what they offer, and I think more importantly, a legitimate chance of competing for the starting job, because to, I don't know of any other team who will give him a legitimate chance of starting. It would be mostly backup. He can get more money I here, I think. But as long as it's a, it's a fair, open competition from his point of view, I would I would think he would take it. You know, I like Kenny Pickett. I'm a Pitt fan. I like Mike Palmer. But I'm going to tell you what, Tomlin's got to swallow his pride. And he's got to realize that he didn't give that Mason Rudolph a fair chance. And, you know, some of those games when he was in earlier, there were interceptions that bounced off the receiver's hands. Quite a few of them. You got to look at this and say, you might have your quarterback on your squad. You got to just give him at least the same type of chance you've given Pickett and other guys. Yeah, I think that's, that's going to be part of this, Bill. Thank you for the call. And I also think... This is a big year for all of them because they have to they have to identify a franchise quarterback if it's in this group or anyone else they bring in. Uh, and if it doesn't work with either of these guys, now you're in a tough situation because you're going to try to come up with somebody in this draft. I don't know if they'll go to free agency eventually, maybe not this year, but beyond. But they got a tough situation on their hands if these guys don't pan out, specifically Kenny Pickett, given as much opportunity and as much as they have invested in him. JP joins us in the car. He's on the Bob Pompiani Show, Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Hey, JP. Hey, Bob. How are you doing today? What up? I'm, I'm calling about the uh, situation with the quarterback also, but I do agree with the last caller that uh, they got to get they, they can get the money to sign Mason. I don't think a lot of teams are going to offer him big money if he does hit the free agency out there. And they need him. I think he'd be way better than Pickett because all I've seen so far is he has happy feet. And he used to do that down a pit. A lot of his passes downfield were outside the pocket. And as far as the draft, I think they need to go after a center, number one. It's got to be the center. they got they got to do something with that center position. They need a tackle, and they need inside linebacking bad. As far as the corners, they got that Trace that was hurt, and he's a big boy like Kyle Porter. I think if he comes back healthy, he, he could provide at the cornerback. What yeah, do you think? I, well, I like Corey Trice. I don't know what to expect from him after a year being out with injury. But they also have some other guys who are available in this draft, depending on if, who's on the board when they pick. So they may still go to that position. But I think they seem to be enamored with uh, Frazier, the center from uh, West Virginia, who's pretty good, although he's coming off an injury. Um, but, they, yeah, they would upgrade. And, and as far as tackles are concerned, I really like Broderick Jones being where he was. Ultimately, they, they drafted him to be a left tackle. But I thought they needed a more at right tackle this year. Will he stay there? Will he move back to left tackle? And maybe there's a right tackle out there that they can get their hands on. So there's still going to be a lot of stuff going on here in the next several weeks leading up to uh, the April draft. So uh, a lot to watch, but I agree with you. They need up. And listen, their defensive line, uh, Cam Hayward, he'll be back. They're going to have to restructure his deal to save some money. Uh, but they need more help there, too. They need younger help. The Marvin Leal disappointed me. He went backwards. Isaiah Loudermilk was not the player I thought they thought he would turn out to be after being a fifth-round pick. Um, they like Keanu Benton, and he had a first good year, just like Leal did, and then all of a sudden he went backwards. So you can never have enough answers there. All right, boss. Thank you. All right. Thank you, JP. Appreciate it. Larry joins us in the car right now. He wants to talk some O-line. What's up, Larry? Yeah, I just wanted to piggyback on the last caller uh, talking about the center position. 
from what my friends have said and what I've kind of figured out, center's not that great a position in the draft this year. They need to sign maybe a free agent. I'm just tired of watching the balls bounce at the quarterback's feet and go over his head. I just don't think Cole's the answer. What do you think? No, I, I think they're going to upgrade. I do. I think they're going to f- try to figure out somebody else who can come in and do that. It's it's easier said than done, though. Are there free agents out there? I haven't look at. I haven't looked at that list. Uh, I will eventually when we start getting closer to when it's free agency period. But uh, they have to upgrade. I agree with that. Um, but I I do like, you know, I thought James Daniels had a very good overall. They got they they certainly did a pretty good job later in the year when they were rushing for on average 150 yards a game they almost had five straight games of that when you do that it should provide opportunities for you down the field and that's what they're going to be doing with Arthur Smith quite frankly i don't think Arthur Smith is a guy who's going to reinvent any sort of pass game and come up with a system that you see um, in some of the modern offenses, I still think the identity for the Steelers is what it is. They want to run the ball, pound you physically, beat you, and open up some things, but they got to be more efficient down the field and take more chances. You can't be too conservative. Well, I agree with that. And uh, the other question is I've heard a couple people talk about Munchak might be coming back. Is there any truth to that? I don't think so. I think they signed Pat Meyer to an extension. They may not have announced it, but I think that was their intention, so no. Okay, well, thanks a lot, Bob. All right, Larry, appreciate it. You have a good day at 412-928-9370. Once again, I want to thank our sponsors of PNC Bank, number one, Cochrane, Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman, Ireland Contracting, and I Rock Tap House in Greensburg. We're due for a break. A Joel Nelson update is on the way right here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back as we continue right here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Paul Alexander will be in at 1 o'clock all the way to 5.30. That's the Pitt pregame show. Pitt Panthers taking on Notre Dame. And they were going for their 300th career win at the Peterson Event Center. They've been playing pretty good basketball. Had a tough loss against Miami, but responded against Wake Forest. And they should be able to handle Notre Dame, which has struggled this year in the ACC. That comes up a little later. In the meantime, we're talking about several things. Arthur Smith, your take on the new offensive coordinator. Also, the quarterback situation. Uh, the Penguins, Jake Gensel. What do they do with Jake Gensel? Do they trade him? Do they sign him? Or do they do nothing at all? Which I think is the least choice there for anyone who's interested. They want to do something with him. He's part of the present and the future but it's going to cost them a lot more money than they first offered to Jay Cancel. The Penguins are off until after this All-Star break. Their last game was an overtime winning goal by Marcus Pedersen way back on February 27th. So they're 22-17-7. That's tied for fifth in the Metro. They're seven out of a second wild card, but they have a lot of games in hand. they got to do some quick work 
But more than anything, they got to improve a 13.1% power play, which is second to last. I thought they were bad last year at like 21%. Or, you know, not bad, but worse than I thought they'd be. Now, all of a sudden, 13.1% with the addition of Eric Carlson does not make sense to me, and they got to address that and get it right. 412-928-9370. We're also getting into some pirate talk, if you should like. The Pirates um, are in a situation where they brought in a role as Chapman. I like that move, $10.5 million. I think it solidifies already good uh, bullpen. Uh, they got some arms down there for sure. Their starters are going to be the question once again. They they get Brubaber back at some point of the season. Skeens will be up at some point in the season. They got to hope that some of these other guys in their system come up and do well. Let's go back to the lines. We got Richard on the road joining us right now on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Hey, Richard. Hey, how's it going? What's up? Uh, I'm calling because I'm a big Buffalo Bill fan, but since I moved to the Pittsburgh area, I'll root for Pittsburgh and I follow them. Um, I've always been a Mason Rudolph fan, and I don't think uh, the coaching staff or Ben Roethlisberger gave him, gave him any, any help. And then I was excited when you got Pickett, thinking, oh, he's a local boy, now he can, you know, a younger kid. But once again, I don't think the coaching staff helped him at all either. And I keep hearing the announcers and some of these people saying how he's got the the quick feet, he's, he's, he's jig, jig, you know, jig, jiggity in the pocket, and and you guys are talking. We need to bolster that offensive line, and you need to get somebody that's going to develop him. If you, if you don't get that kind of stuff, of course he's not going to feel comfortable in that pocket. Well, yeah, there's no question. That's the number one thing. they got to um, make sure that they develop him. He's got to be part of that process by working hard and trying to figure out how to make better reads and better throws from the pocket. Um, you know, Mike that. Sullivan has been the quarterback coach, and if you're basing him strictly on development of quarterbacks, good news for Mason Rudolph once he got in there, not so much for Pickett as this season has gone on. But, again, I will say it's two years. I'm not giving up on him. I think there's a lot of talent there. We've seen it pop up here and there, especially later in games. I want to see it consistently throughout the course of the game. And maybe the system that he brings in, which will still offer a good round, a run game, should be able to help all these guys. But I am also very curious, Richard, to see who else is in that room when they go to camp in July because they're, they're going to have to add somebody, and I, I'm not sure if it's a veteran, a bigger name, uh, or a draft pick. I agree. All right, man. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. DJ in Pittsburgh is now on the radio. What's up, DJ? Hey, Bob. Hey, I think we should go with Justin Fields. I think we should pursue this guy. Uh, you know, Kenny Pickett already had two concussions. He's very injury prone. I don't know if he, he was, he's even going to last a full season. And I, I think you got to win now. You can't be like in the development stages for two or three years. Well, I mean, is Justin Fields won in Chicago? And do you believe? Now, here's the, the catch with him, DJ. You, you, if you acquire him, it may not cost as much. And, and listen, if it's a third round pick, late, whatever, I would be willing yeah. to do it. The problem is you got to pick up an option at some point here. And that option is going to be a pretty big price tag. I think if you want to win, you got to pay. Look at these other. Look at the teams that are in the Super Bowls. They're paying big money for their quarterbacks, or the playoffs. I mean, how much they've been paying, you know, the guy from Buffalo and and, and Cleveland. It, it's time to pony up. I mean, you you got to. Yeah, but you got to make sure you pony maybe, to the right horse. Uh, I don't know. I still. I mean, I really admire his talent level, his potential, Justin Fields. But I don't. He's 24. That's another good thing. But. Yeah, I, I think, haven't I seen enough to make him. me think he is a quote franchise quarterback. I think he's working well, toward that, but I think all these guys are working toward that. 
if the Steelers get Don Correale's offense in here, you don't have the right quarterback. I don't care who you get. You got to have someone and can get the job done. I don't think, I think Mason Rudolph's pretty good, but I also I don't think that Kenny Pickett long term is going to be the answer. And unfortunately, uh, it's going to not work out well if you just if you're throwing all your chickens with him. You know what I mean? You got to get some big talent in here if you want to put the Steelers on the pedestal of winning. Well, thank you for the call, DJ. I appreciate that. And uh, listen, I'm more patient than most. I, I like sometimes you wait on guys, you'd be surprised what you get. If you cut them too quickly, don't be surprised if they blossom elsewhere. I don't know if this applies to Pickett or not. What I do know is they've committed to him. Um, they're they're going to be in, as Mike Tomlin said in his season-ending press conference, he used the word huge, and he emphasized it, huge year. And I think it is for him. They, they've got to make sure they have a decision by the end of this. If it's not him, then what? But I don't know if you bring in Justin Fields if you'll be helping him develop at all because if you bring in Justin Fields knowing you got to pick up an option potentially, then or maybe you don't pick up the option. I don't know. You don't have to. But I think if he comes here, he's going to play, right? If Russell Wilson comes here as a free agent veteran, he's going to probably play because you're trying to win now, and he's more of a finished product than any of these guys. So, you know, I I don't know what the answer is going to be here. I think I would try to sign Rudolph. I would and have those two legitimately go at it, and I bring in somebody else. I'm not sure exactly who, but I don't see them, you know, picking up somebody who's going to cost you thirty million dollars on a fifth year option or whatever the price may be. Stephen Ligonier joins us right now. Hey, Steve, what's going on up there in Ligonier? One of my favorite parts of this area. Uh, nice and sunny here. Yeah, but uh, I want to make a comment on Peg. I don't know if he's the man or not. But if you remember the first two games, he was rushed by two top team, you know, defenses. He was being chased in two seconds. His receivers were running three and four second rounds. And then from that point, he lost his receivers for three to five games, two of them being together, top receivers. And who replaced them? Austin and Washington for a combined 200 yards for the year. Pickens was there, yeah, we went up the line, got boxed out of the play and out of the game. He never had no receivers. He's never had any protection. Well, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if I agree with that. I think there have been times I think he's become – the problem with him is, number one, patience in the pocket. But number two, checkdowns, too many of them. Uh, they're not designed to be your intended receiver. They are checkdowns for that reason. Nothing else is open. I don't think he gave enough time for plays to develop. And that you're right. That that ties into offensive line protection. But I think it, there were times he's had it, but he was too quick to vacate that area and not let plays develop. And as a result, you limit your vision down the field. Well, in the fourth quarter, he seemed to do better. And I think he started realizing how much his line was giving him at that point. That's why he did better. I mean, I put a stopwatch on him in one game, and he had 1.9 seconds before he had to figure out where to run. And, yeah, he spins out into a tackle, but if he spins the other way, he's going to get tackled too. I mean, in the pocket, I don't know much of a pocket there is there. Well, Mason Rudolph was sticking in the pocket and making some plays as he hung in there until the very end, and all it takes sometimes is an extra second. Steve, thank you for the call from Ligonier. I appreciate it. Uh, but these are things that have to develop as time goes on, uh, for sure, with him. Uh, but I think it's going to be fascinating to see how this plays out. And they're going to, it seems to me, uh, give him as many opportunities as he has, unless they have a change in philosophy here and want to bring in a, a veteran who's going to cost some money. I just don't see that in the cards for them. 
They're going to trust what they did with this draft. And you can argue that uh, they've been good on some draft picks and not so good on others. We'll see. It's going to be a big year for the quarterbacks. 412-928-9370. Again, Pitt Panther basketball coming up tonight at 6 o'clock from the Peterson Event Center. It's a 5.30 pregame show here on The Fan as Pitt looks to try to get a win um, over Notre Dame. Think about college basketball, Joel. Have you noticed this year um, the, the top five teams have been losing with regularity to unranked teams? I've always thought that the talent in college basketball has been widespread, and it's getting better for some of these other teams that you may not know much about. But it's starting to show in terms of teams getting knocked out. Top 10 teams have lost to unranked teams at a very, very fast pace this year. It gets you thinking about what might happen in the tournament now. You know, we might might see another 16 seed take down a one seed just like last year. Yeah, and, and I don't think that's going to become as uh, remarkable as it has in the past because they, these teams are good and they play together. And a lot of times those teams have an advantage because they're with these uh, schools for a long time. You know, they're fourth and fifth year players, which you don't see anymore with this NIL and transfer portal and all this other stuff. Whereas some of the big schools, you know, they kind of just retool every year, bringing a bunch of guys. And sometimes you may have the best athletic talent out there, but if you're not together as a team, you're going to end up losing. And I think that's what we're seeing a lot in college basketball. I think it's going to be a fascinating March Madness for sure. Before we go to break, let's get Glenn in Uniontown, who joins us here on the Bob Pompiani Show. What's up, Glenn? Hey, Bob. How are you? Good. Thanks, man. Things. Uh, what? If you had to grade Mason for his four games or whatever he played, what would you grade him? I would give him probably a, um, you know, a strong B, B plus. I, I thought whenever, no. maybe even better than that. I mean, you got all these games with over a one twelve uh, passer rating, and again in a Buffalo game after a slow start by the entire team, I thought he got better as the game went on. He made one the bad throw interception in the in the end zone by the pylon was terrible. So my, overall, my probably a B. Be- Bob, my point's going to be he come off a bench not playing for, what, almost two years. Could you imagine how good he could have been had he took all the reps all summer long? Yeah, you know, maybe I think looking back, hindsight being what it is, maybe they should have gotten him a lot earlier than Mitch Trubisky, but they gave Trubisky the kind of money. They re-signed him last offseason, believing that he was going to be more of an option. But I think once you watch him quite a bit, you, you see the struggles that he has. And I thought Mason Rudolph outperformed him. Maybe they would have been better off going to him earlier than they did Trubisky. Yeah, I think he would have been pretty good had he started at the beginning of the summer and had all the reps. But the other thing is, can you tell Tony to settle down a little bit? He dissects everything about everybody, and I never hear him say anything good about him. <laughs> and he's from Pittsburgh. Pony. He should at least... Boney's a well-prepared guy, though. He, get, he comes in with a lot. But the problem is, I think, and I always told him, sometimes you're, man, he's, he goes hard on somebody and yeah, then he backs he off hard. But every little move. I love Pony I mean, what he does. Yeah. But I, as far as, uh, you know, get rid of the coach, he'd be beat up on the owners. He needs well, to, I mean, it is, it is talk radio. Program. You know, and I think everybody has a different style. But, Glenn, thank you. I appreciate your style. Thanks for calling here on 93.7 The Fan. That's what makes it fun. A lot of people have different opinions. And I love hearing from all of you out there, so make sure you call uh, when I'm on. Love to exchange thoughts and ideas at 412-928-9370. We're due for a break. Thank you to PNC Bank. Thank you to Number One Cochran. Thank you to Shenderovich, Shenderovich and Fishman. Thank you to Ireland Contracting, and thank you to Iron Rock Tap House. All proud sponsors of our program. We appreciate that. We're back with more right after this on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan.
So as we continue here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan, we're talking about Arthur Smith, new offensive coordinator, and don't be surprised if he uh, gets some help in the pass game. Uh, the Steelers are probably going to be looking at guys who come in as, quote, pass game coordinators. Their coaching staff could use that. Uh, certainly they really haven't had that location or that um, description on their coaches, and maybe it's time to do that. And I think it's it's always good to have more options there. And I'm, I'm sure they're going to be – uh, canvassing around looking for people like that. In the meantime, let's go back to the Lions. We have George in Hopewell Township, my neck of the woods. What's up, George? All right, Buck, my neck of the woods, too. I, I got a, a question I want your opinion on. With Pickett and um, the other uh, receiver court saying that uh, they want Rudolph in there, I have a feeling that could have a negative mental effect on um, Denny Pickett. And I think it'll really show through whether he cowboys up and overcomes it or it ends up being a big problem for him to overcome. What's your opinion on that? Well, if he if he doesn't have the uh, the ability to overcome something like that, then he's not the quarterback you think he is. He better be mentally tough to handle this, and it's all part of it. Um, it, it you know, they, they obviously like playing with Mason Rudolph, and that's fine. Uh, if I'm Kenny Pickett, I'm going to try to make them like playing with me. That's my goal. I'm going to go out there, and if it's a true, legitimate competition, you'll see somebody who's ready to answer that situation. So, um, no, I, you know, those players like getting the ball. It's as simple as that. Wide receivers are divas. That's what they do. They want the football. They don't, they make a lot of money, and they don't touch it nearly as much as running backs. I always say I feel bad for running backs in a way because it's a depreciated area. But those guys touch the ball, you know, at times, 20 times a game, far more than any wide receiver, and they take a pounding. But the wide receivers are the ones who are constantly complaining that they don't get the ball enough. So that's normal, and I don't think it'll be a problem, honestly. Oh, you said it right there, Diva. Uh, Greatest show on earth. Thank you. (laughs) All right, George. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. 412-928-9370. So how do you feel about All-Star Games? I thought it was interesting last night, and listen, the Pro Bowl has evaporated into a skills competition. Quite frankly, I like skills competition. If I'm going to have a choice, it's that versus the game itself. The NHL is still going to try to play a game today three-on-three, but the skills competition last night was interesting because Nikita Kucherov of Tampa Bay, who's been injury-plagued throughout his career and missed a lot of regular season time, he's he's an all-star, he had to go through this relay thing that he had to go through, and he didn't really care, and it showed, and I thought... Well, there you go. There's a guy who doesn't want to be there. But yet, the NHL is charging a lot of money for people to be there in person to watch this. If if I'm him, I'm not going to go through that. I, I would dress, but I tell him I'm not playing in the, any of these things because I don't want to. And, and that's fine. You can do that. There are guys who pull out of the Pro Bowl all the time for other guys. It doesn't matter. It's, it's a corporate thing more than anything. It's not designed to get viewership. If it does, it does, but it won't. I hate All-Star games, period. I don't like them. I don't want to see any of them anymore. It's gotten to the point where it's just uh, a bunch of guys who are there to cash in on a clause in their contracts that give them money for being one of the elites of the game. You don't have to play a game. I guess of all of them, the baseball one at least is something that it's a game. What they're turning all this other stuff into is just, you know, the NBA. Joel, you're an NBA fan, right? And here we go. It's 190 to 189, and there's no defense. I guess that's okay if some people would just want to watch that sort of stuff, but it does nothing for me. Does it do anything for you? Yeah, it's it's tricky because they make for such really good, entertaining games. All the scoring, all the stars show up. But, yeah, it, it really 
does get well, your Well, maybe the NBA, all the stars don't show up for the Pro Bowl, which is why it's turned into what it's turned into. A lot of guys don't want to go through that. And I don't blame them. You know. It is tricky. All right, let's go to Keith in Ohio, who joins us right now on Fan. What's up, Keith? Hey, Bob. Hey, hey listen, uh, regarding this quarterback situation, I'm really kind of uh, I'm stunned by their, their dilemma with the quarterback. You had a quarterback, Kenny Pickett, that really showed little to nothing all season. And he was given, you know, plenty of opportunity. Mason Rudolph's been there, on the other hand, for two or three years. And I really thought that a lot of guys, even in talk radio there in Pittsburgh, uh, gave up on this guy way too soon. He really wasn't given a fair chance, in my opinion. But he came in, uh, he handled it He handled it like a true pro. Uh, and look what he did. These guys are talking about, well, what did the guy ever do? He, he virtually won three playoff games coming in off the bench after two years of sitting. Yeah, it's, he, it's very impressive, and they're all must-wins, too. Yeah, they were playoff games. I heard, I heard Ron and Joe saying, well, you know, if he had a playoff game, what are you talking about? Those were three playoff games without them, and he came cold off the bench. Without any one of those three wins, they don't get to the playoffs. So it was a it was a do or die. It was a playoff situation, and he not only uh, handled it, excelled. He had the highest quarterback rating those three weeks. Yes, he did. So, and so, if you're him, you're going to say, "Well, why is Kenny Pickett uh, now going into training camp the starter again?" And here I am. If you're not going to guarantee that I'm going to get a legitimate chance, why would I stay? Because in the three most meaningful games of their season, he was. A terrific contributor to it. So yeah, what does he need to prove in the preseason? We saw exactly. last year the preseason could be very, very deceiving in how it you know works out. And listen, I I was encouraged by what I saw. We did those games, Charlie Batch and I, man, and they were efficient. They were moving the ball, throwing in tight way, all this stuff. And I think it and enhanced so the much- reputation of the Steelers. People start betting on them that they were going to be a force yeah. in the AFC, and it didn't, didn't work out that way. Yeah, but look what he accomplished it. And he, 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 he handled it with such professionalism, uh, very impressive, his attitude. Um, you know what? I just say that they're going to be sorry when they let Mason Rudolph go. And he goes and turns out to be this, you know, uh, Brock Purdy. You know, well, this, but I don't this, think that they don't want to let him go. It's up to him to decide based on the offer okay. they give him in this before it gets to free agency. So having yeah. that as a topic, what do you think he's worth? Mitch Trubisky was making as a backup $8 million a year. I think he won't be back. Mark Caballi kind of no. stunned me on Monday on the Cook and Joe show when I was on, and he thinks that there's a chance he could be back. I don't see any path for Mitch Trubisky to be back here. Oh, that guy, if you ask me, I totally agree with you, Bob. He's automatic, shouldn't be back. Uh, Mason Rudolph, I think that that's the guy. Look, if, he, if this guy is a quarterback, if he's a premier quarterback now, and he very well could be, and he played like one, you know, pay him. I say pay Mason Rudolph, and I think he is your starter. That is your starter. That's that's just my Well, I don't think they're going to announce that he's a starter because it would make more money. I think they're going to give him what they, is an opportunity and probably yeah. his best cash opportunity, to be honest. I don't know where else he's going to go and make maybe the kind of money that he could get because I would assume that they would give him the money that they will be vacating from Mitch Trubisky, which would be – 
you know, two years, $15 million, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a big upgrade from where he was. And he may be satisfied with that. So Well, we'll you're, you're totally right, Bob. The organization, Mike Tomlin, uh, Rooney, they may, you know, they're not going to pay him. Like you said, they're not going to pay him that type of money. But I'm just saying my point of view, they should. And I'm going to tell you, when he goes and signs with somebody else, they're going to look back. Uh, Pittsburgh fans are going to look back for years and say, look what we let go. Well, I mean, that's what sports is all about. You're going to have guys go and, and turn in and look at – I mean, I could make analogies all over the place, but uh, the Penguins. Uh, there was a guy who was traded, Jarrett McCann, who plays with Seattle now. I never saw his game elevate to the point it is. He got a legit opportunity out there, and he's turned it into something special that we didn't see necessarily here, although some people did see it. But you're not going to get the same chances. And it also depends on the situation you're in. If you're in a situation yep. where you will get an opportunity and they're going to give you a legit opportunity, it can enhance your play. If you don't get it, you'll never wear Mason never took a snap in two years of being a, a third stringer. So to your point, that made it more impressive what he did, that he came in and, and put up those kinds of numbers. Thanks, Keith. I really do appreciate your call from right. Ohio at 412-928-9370. So uh, <clears throat> it's amazing. Football's turned into a 365-day conversation. It just doesn't. End. But I, I'm glad I got a lot of feedback on the Jake Gensel conversation because I think that's important for the Penguins to try to figure out what goes on next. Kyle Dubas is, is in a situation where his team needs to get to the playoffs. We already saw a coaching change uh, in L.A., uh, and, and they're a team that's in the playoffs right now, and they got off to a really good start. I was a little surprised that Todd McClain was fired, but he was fired. NHL coaches uh, don't have long shelf lives, and I think Mike – Sullivan has certainly earned his and had his with those two championships. But I think now, you know, they have a very similar to the Steelers. They haven't won a lot in the postseason. And and this team, as constructed, is designed to do that, especially when you make a trade for Eric Carlson, uh, which I still think was a very good trade. But he's just not fit in the way I thought he would. I expect more from Eric Carlson, given the fact that he was uh, the man last year um, in the NHL with over 100 points as a defenseman. So... We'll see. Second half of the season, their power play has got to go up, right, at 13.1%. It can't go down. If it does, they're really in bad shape. And Jake Gensel and where he ends up uh, in terms of still on the roster with a new deal, promise of a new deal, um, a trade, who knows. But this is all coming up as the Penguins begin the second half of the season later this week. And, again, they start with a 22-17-7 record, which if you break it down is under 500. It's 22-24. and 24. Those loser points, however, do add up. When you let them escape and you don't get anything for it, that's something. All right, uh, Pirates. Pretty soon we'll be talking about the Pirates as they will be going to training camp here later this month. <clears throat> and a lot of people here are down on them, and, and, and I get it. Um, until they show you something that you really believe in, what are you going to believe? Uh, but honestly, I think they have the makings of being a better team than last year. Uh, and I'm going to start by saying that I think O'Neill Cruz playing all year will be a very big bat into their lineup. Uh, he's played in 100 games. Uh, he's had 19 home runs in those 100 games. He has pretty good OPS at almost 800, and he's not been healthy. I think you'll see a big uh, offensive display from him better than what you get from most shortstops. Brian Hayes, you know, you know what he is as a defensive player. He supplanted Nolan Arenado as the um, – gold glove winner over there and he blew away everybody but what was really encouraging is that his batting average second half of the season was 307 this is from june until october uh 13 home runs whereas i think he only had one or two 
prior to that. He did not have much power. We were always you know, lamenting the fact that there was no power coming from Brian Hayes. Well, in the second half of the season, June through October, 13 home runs, 42 runs batted in. That puts you on pace to have about 30. If you can get that from Brian Hayes with his defense, boy, uh, that's going to be a contract that you look at now and say that's a great contract the Pirates signed him to. The wild card is Paul Skeens. When will he be up? What can he contribute in year number two? I think that's important for them. But they have other guys uh, in their system who need to start immediately coming up here making a difference. And if you can get that, uh, you know, with some of the veterans they added, I think they can be a competitive team. I don't know where that takes me in terms of wins and losses. Probably over 74, which is what it is this year. Last year was in the 60s, I think 67. And I went over with that one. This will be a little tougher pick, but I think they can get more towards 77, 78 wins and um, hopefully close the gap. I just want to see some entertaining baseball that keeps them involved all season long. I know that's not a very lofty goal for a team that is in a competitive league that you know you should always try to win, but what they have, they're relying on younger guys. I'm not a big fan of the Rowdy Tellez signing, to be honest. It's another one of the big overweight first basemen they've brought in. Uh, and, and I don't, you know, maybe they're counting on him to turn what he was in a couple of years ago, you know, playing at PNC park, hitting home runs over that wall. Maybe so, uh, if he can do that, great. But I want to see, I wanted to see somebody bigger there with a bigger bat and a bigger upside. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be the answer or not. Hopefully he is. Hopefully they get a good offense together. Going to miss Andy Rodriguez at catcher. Although I got to tell you that trade from San Diego now is looking better. They gave up Joe Musgrove and they end up getting Andy Rodriguez and David Bednar in that deal. So. Now that looks a lot better than it did when it first happened because I thought Musgrove was a pretty good pitcher and ended up signing for $100 million with San Diego. That's going to wrap it up for our program. Before I go, I want to tell you uh, that Fan Weather is brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Today it's high of 45, low of 28, partly cloudy through the morning, clear day tomorrow, high of 50 degrees. That's all brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Again, thank you to PNC Bank. Number one, Cochrane, Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman, Ireland Contracting, and Iron Rock Tap House in Greensburg. All of our sponsors do appreciate your business. Thanks to Joel Nelson. Paul Alexander will be coming up next. He'll be on remote, from what I understand, all the way to 530. We have pit basketball against Notre Dame as the Panthers, as a program, look to get 300 wins. Notre Dame in town at the Peterson Event Center. I'm Bob Pompiani. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow on the number one Cochrane Sports Showdown, KDK-TV, after the late news at 1135. Have a great weekend. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 